It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Look, Jalen Suggs is struggling to shoot. We know that. The numbers say it. The numbers tell us all of this. But he's still playing pretty well. I'll explain. Plus, get ready for the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are indeed locked on magic. Today is November 10th, 2021. My name is Phil Prostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about something Jalen Suggs is doing really, really, really well. Something maybe unexpected, maybe something that we weren't quite seeing, uh, but something that has clearly made an impact for the Orlando Magic early on this season. Obviously, it's not his shooting. We'll talk about how the rookies are defending at a very high level, at least for rookies, coming up here in just a moment. We'll also talk a little bit about Chimo Kiki as he continues to break out of his shell and, of course, preview tonight's game against the Brooklyn Nets. Before we do any of that, though, we do want to thank you for making Locked On Magic your first listen every single day. Whether you're listening to us, we're obviously recording this at 11, so probably not first thing in the morning, but whether you're listening to us first thing in the morning, whether you're listening to us at lunch, watching us live when we record this, uh, in the in the late morning, or listening to us on the way to the game tonight, we truly appreciate you making us a part of your day every day. Locked On Magic is recorded and streaming every single day, Monday through Friday, uh, and we're free and available on all podcasting platforms as well as streaming on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel today. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's podcast also brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. So, obviously, Jalen Suggs isn't having the start to his career that he hoped for. Um, You know, I think everyone, you know, we all built up Jalen Suggs to be this offensive savant. Um, and, and, and again, there's this, uh, uh, one, uh, a YouTube, uh, Twitter follower that I really like. Um, I think it's, I like this team. I'm sorry. I'm blanking on the name. Um, had this string of tweets saying, you know, I think we're really excited about Jalen Suggs and putting all our hopes in Jalen Suggs because it's been so long since we've had a guard that could score and dominate a game the way that we all thought, think that Jalen Suggs can. I don't think it's past tense. It's still future tense. Um, indeed Cole Anthony right now averaging 20 points per game. If he is able to sustain that. He will be the first non-center, non-center to average 20 points per game with the Orlando Magic since Steve Francis in 2005. It's been a long time since the Magic have had a dynamic guard and a dynamic attacker off the dribble. And that's what we all thought, think that Jalen Suggs can still be. I still think he can be that. Um, I think we're still seeing hints of that offensively. But look, 
the numbers are not pretty. Jalen knows it. Everyone knows it. Everyone's trying to keep his confidence up. He's trying to keep his confidence up, and I think he's continued to to be willing to shoot and be willing to attack. And and I, I do think that a breakthrough game is somewhere on the horizon. But yes, Jalen Suggs is shooting 30.9% from the floor, 22.7% from deep on high usage and a lot of turnovers. He's a rookie making a ton of mistakes on the ball. I got a question a few days ago uh, in this YouTube uh, on the YouTube live stream asking, could the Magic move Jalen Suggs to the bench? And while I think that is certainly a possibility with how well Cole Anthony is playing once Markel Fultz is back uh, and, and back in rhythm, um, which I wouldn't expect to be until January, um, I don't think that's ultimately the direction the team will go. I think they, they do want him to start. And at the end of the day, he's still doing things that contribute to the team winning. Um, he's still helping this team play well. One thing we didn't talk very much about in the draft process, and I, I will take some guilt, some guilt and blame on this because I too was enamored by the scoring, was that Jalen Suggs is actually become a really good and, and pesky and physical defender. Um, interestingly enough, Jalen Suggs' biggest contributions this season have come on the defensive end where he's actually playing pretty well. Now, defensive numbers, um, especially the ones provided by NBA.com, are not necessarily indicative of strong defense. So I, I will put that warning out here before I throw a bunch of numbers at you. But I think taken together, it does show the kind of impact Jalen Suggs has had defensively and why I think, A, he's still playing and still getting a lot of minutes because he is not necessarily making up completely for his uh, for his offensive struggles. Um, his win shares, I think, right now are at minus 0.7. Uh, where he's got a, a minus 0.8 offensive win shares, uh, and then a my and a, no, yeah, and a, and a plus 0.1 defensive win shares, which again suggests that he is doing some good things defensively for a team that has largely struggled defensively uh, statistically. Suggs is doing well with deflections, averaging 2.2 deflections per game according to NBA.com's hustle stats. He contests 5.6 shots per game, which again might suggest that teams are attacking him. But he's contesting no shots. He's defending no shots. Trailing only Franz Wagner among wing players. Again, you'd, you'd expect them to attack rookies. On that note, though, opponents are shooting just 37.8% when Suggs is the closest defender. Again, that's a tracking stat. Um, so it's not necessarily saying that every player Suggs defends. He's doing that. It's just who he's closest to. But that is still 6.3 percentage points worse than expected. So there, there has to be something to that. That doesn't feel like it's all noise. There, there, there's, there might be a lot of noise in that, but it is something nonetheless. Um, the per that percentage is one of the best on the team among rotation players. And trails only Mo Bama and Franz Wagner for the biggest difference from the expected field goal percentage. Additionally, some more evidence of Jalen Suggs' strong defense. Magic have a 102.6 defensive rating with Suggs on the floor that trails only Michael Mulder's cameo at the end of the Detroit Pistons game. Um, and then Chuma Okiki. We'll talk about him a little bit more in a little bit. Um, and the team has a team-worst 115.1 defensive rating with Suggs off the floor. Okay, so what do all these numbers mean? Um, obviously, it, it doesn't mean that Suggs is necessarily a good defender. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to work against my own argument here it doesn't necessarily mean that Suggs is a good defender or responsible for all of that. Um, certainly, he is in starting lineups. He's being put in lineups that are stronger defensively. He's playing less with the bench players now. Um, I think Jamal Mosley's really cleaned up his rotation 
over the last four or five games, uh, where Cole Anthony is the one leading those bench units to give them a little bit more scoring punch. Um, whereas Jalen Suggs is playing a lot more with your Mo Bambas, with your Franz Wagner's, with your Wendell Carter's. He isn't playing a lot with Terrence Ross, with um, with Gary Harris, with, with RJ Hampton, with some of the guys that really struggle uh, on both ends of the floor for, for some consistency. Um, Suggs is being put in lineups where he can really contribute um, in the way that he can. So I do think these numbers deserve some caution. However, like I said, to have such a wide range of uh, defended field goal percentage against expected field goal percentage. To me, again, there's noise in there. I'm not denying that there's noise, that those numbers are, are perfect. But it tells me that Suggs is doing something. And, 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 and watching the games, watching the eye test, you do see that Suggs is pesky. Um, you know, maybe that's a short term for saying like, oh, he's bothersome defensively, but ultimately some of that you can beat. I, I don't know. Maybe that's some coded language. I don't know. Um, but I do think that Suggs does some really good things defensively. I think Suggs will be a really good defender in this league. Um, and that was something I did not expect. Um, you know, I thought he'd be decent, but obviously we were enamored by his offense more than his defense. Uh, but Suggs is, Suggs is defending at a high level. And, and I don't think we can deny that. You know, maybe I'm not saying he's all defensive level or all defensive team level or anything like that. But for a rookie, he is making some very strong defensive contributions. Again, 2.2 deflections per game, which, you know, NBA.com, the way they track deflections is different than the way coach tracks deflections, coaches track deflections. Um, to me, that does suggest a general level of high defensive activity. Uh, and I think right now, as Suggs continues to find his rhythm, find his place, find his shot here in the NBA, his ability to contribute defensively is a big deal. Um, rookies are not supposed to jump in and be strong defensively like this. They're not supposed to just go right into the league and be factors on the defensive end. NBA defenses are complex. Um, as much as, ever, you know, I, I think the NBA right now is as sophisticated as it's ever been between offenses and defenses. The coaches are running really complex stuff uh, and, and, and you know, trying to disguise schemes and trying to really confuse offensive players. And a lot of that is the new offensive rules. They have to come up with new ways and new gimmicks to try and throw teams off their rhythm. Um, yes, there's a fundamental part of defense and fundamental principles in defense that have never changed or haven't changed in a very, very long time. But rookies are not supposed to jump in and make these kinds of plays. And the fact that both Suggs and Franz Wagner are doing this is really, really impressive. Franz's numbers, by the way, are just as impressive as Jalen Suggs. Those are the same numbers that I gave you. Wagner leads the team with 2.8 deflections per game, contests 6.8 shots per game, according to the NBA.com's hustle stats. Opponents shoot 39.1% when Franz Wagner is the closest defender. Only Jalen Suggs and RJ Hampton are better on the team. And like I said, RJ Hampton's been a really good defender this year too. That's 6.4 percentage points worse than expected. A mark only Mo Bamba is beating at the moment, like I said before. The Magic also plays significantly better with Wagner on the floor. Team has a 106.8 defensive rating with Wagner on the floor compared to 111.4 with him off the floor. Again, that's a pretty big difference. And again, I think some of it is the lineups that he's playing with. I don't think that's all Wagner, but again, the Magic are better defensively with Wagner on the floor. I, I think that the numbers are showing that. And again, some of it's lineups for sure. Not, not, not denying that. But there's enough indicators that show that Wagner too is making some really strong defensive plays. Rookies are not supposed to play this way. And we're going to see them continue to get better. Um, that Again, that's the goal. The goal for the whole year is to be better at the end of the season. Um, for every, every individual to be better, for the team to be better. 
uh, as we get closer to the end of the season. Um, and so Wagner and Suggs have started at a pretty high baseline defensively. And while Wagner has been a lot more successful offensively, I think because he's, you know, not on the ball as much, although I think they've really expanded his on-ball menu over the, uh, over the course of the season so far. Um, both of these players have contributed something that, uh, that I think is really important to this team's overall identity and the team that they want to be, and generally just important for their growth too. Um, this has been a strong start for both rookies on the defensive end, a strong start for them both, um, and a sign that they will continue to get better. Right now, the focus is continuing to improve defensively. It's obviously been a huge focus for the Magic. Their defensive numbers have continued to get better. They're currently on a streak of four games, giving up fewer than 110 points per one of possessions. That, again, is the first time they've had that streak since December 2019 through early January 2020. Yes, that includes that third game of that streak was Jonathan Isaac's first injury, first knee injury. Um, it's been a while since the Magic have played this level of defense. And again, they aren't necessarily getting the wins. They're two, uh, they're two and two in those games. Um, which again, for this team, going 500 is, is really good actually. Um, but, but for sure, or Orlando wants to continue to see improvement. Um, and wants to see this continue to go, continue to get better defensively, especially And both Suggs and Wagner have been major contributors to that. We're going to talk a little bit about Chumo Kiki and how he has looked since coming back from injury. Um, some of the things that we want to continue to see from him as he continues to play. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, quick word from our pals at Built Bar. Thanksgiving is coming up. You get all the good food, the treats, plenty of leftovers, um, plenty of yummy desserts too. It's a perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is a new holiday dessert or something just to make you feel better because you're skipping out on holiday desserts this year. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. Replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar go to, or go to Raspberry Built Bar instead of the raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie or any kind of dessert that might be at the Thanksgiving table. These are low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, and high-protein. Covered in 100% real chocolate, Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried that Built Bar yet. Get her hooked. I've gotten a few people hooked. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. To mark your calendar, Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic your first listen every single day or just part of your regular podcast rotation. Um, we are recording now uh, around 9 30, 10 o'clock. I, I, I was a little bit late today. Um, it's my Saturday. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take it. Um, so we do want to thank you for uh, being a little flexible with our recording schedule. So whether you're listening to us 
first thing in the morning, um, whether you're listening to previous episodes, uh, while you're working out, out, on your lunch break, on your way to tonight's Magic game, we truly thank you for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every single day. We're free and available on all platforms, plus streaming on YouTube. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, you can go ahead and leave. Uh, you, sorry, sorry about that. Um, you could go ahead and leave a chat, leave a comment in the chat section. I will answer your questions. That's what I'm here to do. Um, we'll be doing a lot more interactive stuff on the YouTube channel as well. So if you haven't subscribed to the Lockdown Magic YouTube channel, do so today. We're trying to get to 200 subscribers by Thanksgiving. Uh, we're almost there. We're, we're, we're building. We're small numbers. We'll, we'll get bigger. Um, so definitely subscribe to Lockdown Magic on YouTube today. We'll definitely drop some fun content on there as well. Lots of YouTube, some YouTube exclusive stuff as well. So definitely need that for the full Lockdown Magic experience. Well, let's talk a little bit about Chuma Okiki. Um, Chuma Okiki now five games into, into his return with the Orlando Magic, averaging 5.6 points per game, 34.6% effective field goal percentage, three rebounds per game, 1.2 assists per game, 14.3% um, on three-pointers, which is yuck, and only 18.6 minutes per game. Um, obviously, Chuma's needed some time to get himself going. Um, I, I think that that has been abundantly clear. Um, you know, a lot of I know a lot of fans were frustrated uh, with that hip injury and asking why he was out for so long, why why it was taking so long, why it's just a bruise. Um, was it taking so long? Well, it wasn't just a bruise. Your your regular ordin ordinary run the mill um, purple bruise that you might get when you stub your toe. That's not what Chumokiki was dealing with. He was dealing with a bone bruise, which is a much uh, more difficult injury. And the fact that it was in his hip, I think that there was definitely some concern that if he came back too soon, um, he could injure other parts because, you know, your hip, your hip, your core, really important for stability. Um, you come back too soon from that, you roll an ankle, you, you know, you, 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 you know, obviously your, your whole body's kind of, kind of in flux um, if your hips are a little bit off. So I think, I think the Magic are right to be cautious. And I think what we're seeing from Chumo Kiki right now um, is him trying to get back into, the, into rhythm. Um, you know, I think that A, the Magic want him to be a little bit more aggressive and assertive. He's taking 5.2 field goal attempts per game. He took 7.2 field goal attempts per game last year um, in seven more minutes. So you go by per 36 minutes. I'm not a huge fan of per 36 minutes. Um, he's shooting about the same number of field goal, atte um, field goal attempts. 10.3 uh, field goal attempts per 36 minutes last year, 10.1 this year. Um, you know, his usage rate is, let me pull up his usage rate here. Um, his usage rate is at 17%, which is significantly higher than the 14.5% he had last year. I do think the Magic are giving him more freedom, uh, trying to expand his role, trying to get him to do more things on the ball, be a little bit more sort of searching for his shot. Um, I think Chuma's still a relatively smart guy. I don't think he's forcing too much, but he is forcing a little bit more. He's definitely trying to initiate a little bit more action. Um, and obviously the Magic, the biggest benefit that Chumo Kiki can give this team is his three-point shot. And the Magic need to get him to start hitting threes at a more consistent rate, obviously. Um, I don't think he'll stay at 20%. I don't think he'll stay at sub-20%. I think he'll have a run of three-pointers here coming up. He's five games back into playing. Um, so I do think that we're getting close to a point where we got to see Chuma hit a level of consistency and a level of play that the Magic can rely on, especially on the offensive end, where I think they do want to develop him a little bit more. The reason, though, Chumo Kiki's been so important, though, is because defensively he's been really, really good. I, I, I rattled some defensive numbers. I mentioned Chumo Kiki occasionally in there. He's been really good. The Magic are really good defensively when he's on the floor. And again, some of that is for the five games that he's played. The Magic have played really good defense as a team, so that makes sense. But you go back and look at how he played against Carl Anthony Towns in that Minnesota game. 
he locked up Carl Anthony Towns in that fourth quarter. He played some really good defense, and, and Chimo Kiki has continued to play some really solid defense. I don't think it'll show up as much in the numbers. He's not a numbers guy defensively, um, but I really, really like how Okiki has played defensively. Um, and I think obviously that's his that that was always his most NBA ready skill. That was always the biggest thing that he was going to contribute to an NBA team. Um, and he's done that so far this year. Still, a big part of this season is get, is coaxing more out of Chimo Kiki. So if there's some rough rough edges, if there's some turnovers, if there's some four shots, it's it's the magic trying to coax a little bit more out of Chimo Kiki, trying to expand his role a little bit. Maybe they're doing it a tad too soon with him trying to get back into rhythm while he's playing. Um, but I think what the Magic want to see is they want to see Chuma Okiki comfortable. Um, by all accounts, Chuma is one of the most popular dudes on this team. Everybody loves him. Um, everybody loves his personality. Everybody loves what he's about. Um, you know, Terrence Ross told the story that you know they were trying to play Chuma stuff for J Cole when he was uh, when he was practicing when he was getting some run in with the team, and Chuma was just like slightly embarrassed by it. Um, and, and he explained, I think, later on that. What he wanted was he wanted to actually he didn't want to put like J Cole on the spot and and get and get like a, a a bad critique. He wanted an honest critique of his work. Like he he I mean I think he's he's a he's a chill dude, but he's a serious dude. And, and I think you know I have this theory about young players. Um, you know I, I I when I was in college, um, you know dealing with with new players coming into town coming into the school. Um, you know when I was covering covering teams in college. Uh, I always found freshmen the hardest to talk to. And, and I always felt like it was because they're new. They don't want to cause any trouble. Um, and so they, you know, whatever the SID, whatever the PR people tell them, they really stick with it. Um, you know, they, they make sure they're not going, they're not going outside their bounds. And I think, I think that's true in the NBA. I think that's true. Anytime you come into any new environment, you're a little uncomfortable and, and you're not looking to ruffle any feathers. And so you don't let your personality shine as much, at least publicly. I mean, these are public people. They don't have to tell, they don't have to tell us who they are. Honestly, they, they, they don't owe us anything. I mean, obviously they have to talk to the media. They have to speak to us. We, we ask questions that, you know, they should answer them honestly, but they don't have to tell us anything more than they don't want, than they want to. But, you know, a connection with fans has definitely grown by showing your personality, by letting that guard down just a little bit, giving us some idea of who you are. And, and Magic fans love Chumo Kiki. Let me, let me get that straight. Magic fans love Chumo Kiki. Everyone on the team loves Jumo Kiki. And I think what everyone wants is to see this kid really feel com comfortable and confident. And again, I think that's what a big part of the season is. Getting him comfortable and confident on the floor. Getting him comfortable and confident to be himself. To play the way that he knows he's capable of. And again, yes, to get the most out of him. Um, I do think that Okiki um, is, I think Okiki's doing good things. I'd like to see his offense obviously improve. I'd like to see those numbers jump up. Um, but defensively, he's continued to really assert himself and really play well. And, and I think watching Okiki over these next maybe five games when he gets that 10-game mark um, will be critical because now we got to see Okiki continue to, to kind of get comfortable and get uh, to his spots and get to where he needs to be. Uh, we will talk about the Orlando Magic's game against the Brooklyn Nets coming up here in just a moment. But first, a couple of quick, uh, just a quick comment coming up here. Um, this is a comment I get a lot. Who do you think loses minutes when Isaac is back? Do you expect a slow ramp up for J.I.? Um, I would expect that both Jonathan Isaac and Marco Fultz um, will be on something of a minute restriction all year. I don't expect either of them to play back-to-backs, um, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, I don't know if that'll last all season, but I don't expect them to play back-to-backs for most of this season. 
um, when they return. Um, I would expect both of them to come off the bench at least to start the season, um, at least when they return, um, especially considering how long Jonathan Isaac's been out. Um, I do think that the Magic are going to play it slow with him. Um, you know, I do think that he'll come off the bench to start, um, you know, again, no back-to-backs, you know, maybe even a spare game here or there that he's off. I do think there'll be a minute restriction, maybe like 15, 20 minutes to start with. The Magic know how much they've invested in Jonathan Isaac. They know how important he is to what they want to do. They're not going to rush him back. Obviously, they're not rushing him back because he's still out. Um, you know, I, I, I from everything that I can I can tell, like I have, I have no clue if this is this where this is at. Isaac does seem really eager to play. I think I think he his champion get the bit to, to get back out there. Um, it's just I know the Magic want to make sure that they don't re-injure him. Uh, he's had plenty of injuries. He's missed a lot of time. This is a season that it's okay to miss a little bit of a little bit more time. Um, but I, I do think that there is a question there. Um, you know, we 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 wrote about it a little bit on RolandoMagicDaily.com. Um, the Magic's starting lineup was starting to struggle a little bit. They had a couple games where they really, really struggled. Um, and so yes, we pondered whether it was time to split Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter. Um with Chumo Kiki back if and, and him playing good well defensively. Um, we thought maybe it was time to go back to that kind of traditional lineup. We saw how good him and Franz Wagner worked together defensively as well. Um, it felt like it might be time to to make that kind of a switch. Um, I, 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 the starting lineup since we wrote that article has played a little bit better, and 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 the Magic still have the best starting lineup in the entire league by net rating. Um, but I, 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 I do think that eventually the Magic will make that make that split. Um, I do think when Isaac's ready to go and Isaac looks like he's ready to play, he will start. Um, who loses minutes in that that sense? I think Obama's minutes will go down. Um, you know, maybe the center will be a little bit by committee, but um, I do think Wendell Carter is the most likely starting center. Um, you know, everyone's going to get affected. I think Chuma's going to going to see his minutes shaved a little bit. Uh, Franz is probably going to see his minutes shaved a little bit. Um, depending on where they're at in the season, it might be RJ Hampton or Gary Harris, depending on who's in the rotation at that point. Um, everyone's minutes are going to be affected by Jonathan Isaac because he plays everywhere. Um, and obviously Marco Fultz coming back is going to shave minutes off of Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs and, and some of those guards as well. Um, I actually do think Michael Carter Williams is going to probably press for some playing time and I'm not sure whose minutes he takes. Um, you know, the, the comment that RJ Hampton was not happy about his minutes, um, that Cole Anthony made after, after the game on Sunday. Um, like I said yesterday, I I would be upset if RJ Hampton weren't upset about his, about not getting enough, enough playing time. Um, but there's going to be a real minutes crunch because the Magic do have a lot of guys who are capable of playing and and probably should be playing for this team. So uh, I do expect a slow ramp up. Again, uh, everyone asked me um, if there's an update. Um, I asked Coach Mosley about this yesterday. He said there's no update on any of the injured players. Magic don't like to give updates anyway. Um, Isaac was not on the floor when we were in the practice facility um, as, as everyone was going through their kind of end of practice drills. Uh, um, so take that for what you will. He was not wearing his big knee brace either, which again, take that for what you will. I don't, I don't know what that exactly means. Um, but uh, I do think that, I do think that the magic will be slow with, with how they bring these guys back. We'll talk about tonight's game against the New Brooklyn Nets, almost in New Jersey against the Brooklyn Nets coming up here in just a moment. But first a quick word from our pals at bet online. BetOnline is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. 
from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Again, remember, use that promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Atlanta Magic will take on the Brooklyn Nets tonight at the Amway Center at 7 o'clock. Um, and, and I, you know, honestly, like, I think this is a pretty big game for the Orlando Magic uh, in, in a lot of ways. Um, I think that this is a big game uh, for a couple of reasons. A, it's a home game. And, and, you know, I put a lot of emphasis on this homestand as one where the Magic have to build some confidence, um, build some wins if they want to stay in contact with the playoff race. We know that the, the gauntlet is set to begin Monday. Monday night, the gauntlet begins. I will explain the gauntlet a little bit more um, on, mon- on Monday's episode of Locked On Magic. The gauntlet begins Monday night. This ridiculously t- tough stretch of the season. After Saturday's home game against the Washington Wizards, the Magic will play 16 of 22 on the road. That actually includes a game at Brooklyn uh, next week, next Friday, I believe, as well. Um, but this game is important for another reason, not, not just because of my ill-thought playoff dreams. Um, this game is important because one of the goals for the season, in my opinion, is to show proof of concept of of this this system and the way the Magic want to play. We want to exit this season with some idea of how the Magic will look when they're ready to compete for the playoffs. And maybe a hint that, okay, if the right rookie comes along, if guys develop on the right path, if the right free agent comes in, maybe the Magic can be in the playoffs next season or be a step closer to the playoffs next season. Well, they want to be a step closer to the playoffs next season regardless, but 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 you get you get the point. And one of the ways that we measure this is by beating good teams. Look, I'd love to say, like, hey, feast on your Oklahoma Cities, feast on your Cleveland's. You got to beat those teams anyway. Feast on your Detroit's. Magic already lost a game to Detroit. Um, beat those teams because those are other bad teams. You want to be better than other bad teams. But for a young team, especially a young, inconsistent team, the goal has to be be able to beat the best teams in the league. And that's honestly why Sunday's game was so huge. I thought the Magic were going to get blown out Sunday. The Utah Jazz do everything well that the Magic are bad at. They force turnovers. They defend the rim. They make threes. They offensive rebound. All the things the Magic are bad at, the Jazz were really good at. And Orlando outplayed them. Now, obviously, we know there were some caveats to that. There was Donovan Mitchell coming off the ankle injury. Second night of a back-to-back for Utah. Mike Conley out with uh, with rat, for his rest protocols. Um there are obviously reasons why the Magic were able to compete and win that game against Utah. But they actually did go out there and win the game. And down by 10 in the fourth quarter, they made the plays to win the game. It's the first clutch game for the Magic all season. Um, they played with some clutch minutes against Charlotte. Um, but this was the first time they played some real clutch minutes um, against a team and against a quality team, and they beat them. It's really important to be able to beat these good teams, to have these kind of feather-in-the-cap wins like that. 
And what's really going to be tricky is to be able to do it night to night to night to night. Young teams struggle most with consistency. It's not that they're not talented. It's not that they're not capable of beating these teams. It's that they can't do it every night. They can't find, they can't go into the wellspring and do it every night. As I tell people all the time, the regular season is about what can you do every night consistently? What can you do on your worst nights? What can you accomplish? What can you do when you don't have it? This is all really, really, really important. This is all really important stuff um, for a young team like the Magic. Um, so the question then becomes, the Magic beat the Jazz. That's great. Can you do it again? Can you do it again against a, a good Brooklyn team? A Brooklyn team that has its struggles, has its weaknesses, has its weak spots, but against Kevin Durant, against James Harden, against this veteran Brooklyn Nets team that knows how to play. And frankly, can beat you even if they're not playing well. Um, that's the magic of Kevin Durant. And, and you know, Kevin Durant is sorry, sorry, having a really, really good season to start the year. A really good start to his season. Uh, this is going to be a huge challenge for the magic. And this is going to be a really interesting game. I think Orlando is playing with a lot of confidence right now. I think Orlando's done a lot of really good things over the last four games. It's not just the Minnesota game. They played well defensively against Boston and San Antonio well enough that they should have won. Their offense just didn't come along. They played well enough defensively against Utah to win, and their offense showed up too. It's going to have to take that in order for the Magic to win again tonight. The, the, the Nets, obviously, huge on Kevin Durant. Uh, they've been leaning very, very heavily on him. James Harden has struggled to score a little bit. He's under 20 points per game for the first time since the trade to Houston, um, but he is still a great passer. This is a heavy isolation team, so, ice, so whoever's on Durant got to have to make his life difficult. Got to have to do it without help if they can. Um, that will be a key to this game as well. But at the end of the day, Orlando's got to make shots. If they continue to defend at the level that they're defending at, they should have a very good chance to win. Um, let's uh, get one more comment in before we close out today's show. Um, Kitty Kuboy says, do you think Cole's improved three-point shooting is real and sustainable, or should fans expect a drop-off? Um, I, You know, his form is fine. Um, you know, it's a lot of pull-up jumpers. Um, so it's a lot of pull up and step back jumpers. And so I, I, you know, I don't know, it's not like he's missing, you know, is I think percentages will come down a little bit. He's shooting, I think what 40.1% from three, I think it'll come down a little bit, but I don't think it's going to come down much. Um, I think that Cole, I mean, a, I think the way the magic are running their offense is designed to set up better three point shots. Um, I think that this is, this is the most progressive offense. The magic have run since Stain Van Gundy, um, you know, Steve Clifford, I think, you know, really had a restrictive offense. Um, it wasn't as free-flowing. It was more about kind of the way that you run your offense and, and really about kind of making particular plays. I think that this offense affords a, a lot more freedom. Um, so, you know, as long as Cole Anthony is taking smart shots, you know, if he gets into his bag and is over-dribbling and not moving the ball and just settling for those mid-range, for those uh, pull-up jumpers, his shooting percentages are going to come down. If he's hunting three-pointers um, off the dribble, those shooting numbers are going to come down. Um, to me, it's less about I, – I think Cole Anthony can sustain this. That's going to be more about his mindset and his attitude. I, I like that he's a scorer. I like that he has a scoring mindset, that you still have to take smart shots. And the criticism of Cole Anthony throughout college, even into high school, was that you know he forces shots. You know He's too much of a gunner. And again, I don't think it's bad that he's a gunner. I think the Magic need gunners on this team. They need guys who are going to freaking put the ball in the basket. Um, but I, I do think that – I do think that if he continues to play smart, and he's played really smart, I really like his decision-making. I agree with Coach's decision-making has been fantastic. If he continues to play smart, I think that he will have 
a really good chance of continuing these numbers and sustaining these numbers throughout the course of the season. Um, I do think defenses will begin to defend him a little bit differently as they get more tape on him. Um, so I would expect uh, some struggle to come here in the very, very near future as teams adjust to him. But Cole might be smart enough, might be good enough to figure it out, might be, might know how to get after it. Um, thanks again for the questions. Um, we do record our podcasts uh, on YouTube, stream it on YouTube around 9.30, 10 a.m. every morning. I was a little bit later today. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at philiprmd and at LockedOnMagic. LockedOnMagic. Uh, I'll, I'll make an announcement when I'm planning to record. So if you want to join the show live, you can do so. And of course, I will read your comments and answer your questions on the air as well. We'll also be doing some more live and interactive stuff. Um, probably next Wednesday, we'll have a live show uh, before the Magic's game against the New York Knicks. So mark that on your calendars as well. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Sit your tune in. Him will Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts. Your podcast enables listen device. You can find us on Twitter at – you can find me on Twitter at R underscore. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter for live updates from tonight's game at omagicdaily. That's good to do for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this is me, Phil Frost, and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.